Listen, let's go to our Bibles this morning in the book of Mark chapter 6. I want to begin to share a little bit um, this morning and kind of piggyback uh, a little bit of what pastor has his, uh, uh, already been preaching over the last several weeks. Uh, pastor Greg has been preaching about setting a course towards his presence. He has encouraged us to um, get good habits established. How many know that when we get good habits established, when things come our way, we will overcome them much quicker? Amen? And, 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 and he is preaching uh, about making time and getting an appointment with Christ in his presence. And today, I want to just take a few moments and remind us of uh, a powerful visual uh, scripturally. And I believe it's for every single one of us. Um, you know, normally, uh, when, when, when I get ready to share, uh, normally my week goes like I planned. And this week did not go anything like I planned. And, and it challenged me this week. And I found myself preaching to myself this very word that I want to share with you today. And I know if it's for me, I know it's going to be for several who can uh, be in this room today. So... I want to talk to us about understanding the miracle of the loaves. You know, I believe that there will never be a day that will not require dedication, discipline, good judgment, the feeling that you can overcome any obstacle each day offers an opportunity for improvement in every area of your lives. I believe that fully with my heart. I have said that phrase right there for the last 22 years of my life. Matter of fact, if set apart, they have heard me say this many times to them because there is never going to be a day that's not going to require good judgment, discipline, that feeling that you can overcome anything that comes your way, the feeling that you know less of me and more of God, and I need to improve every area of my life. And I want to remind us today about the miracle of the loaves, and I believe it's going to be a powerful illustration, because it's not about trying to be a disciple. It's about allowing the Holy Spirit to change us as we go through challenges and storms. We have a Holy Spirit that has been released in our life as a comforter to help guide our path. Can I get an amen, somebody? And I want to share a little bit about this today. I want to remind us that whatever season that we are in, the season is not the obstacle. Our season is an opportunity. Look at your neighbor and say, it's an opportunity. Look at the other neighbor and say, it's not an obstacle. Our seasons are seasons of opportunity. But there are moments in time where we go through issues and we get challenged in every area. Sometimes we frame a picture and paint a picture in our mind that's not accurate. And sometimes this picture that we paint magnifies the storm of our life and not the God's goodness in our life. And we're talking about getting good habits going into this new year. And I can tell you this, if we instill this and make up our mind today as we transition into a new year, I fully believe that we're going to look at storms and challenges much different as we move forward. Amen? 
I'm going to need some help this morning. So if you feel like saying amen, say amen. If you get excited, get excited. I don't want a quiet church. We are not a Presbyterian church. We are a Holy Spirit-filled church this morning. So I need your help today. And I believe that this is an encouraging word to you. Mark chapter 6. Let's look at this. In verse number 45, it says, At once Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and set sail across towards Bethesda. And while he dismissed the crowd, he took leave of them and went up to the mountains to pray. And when the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the shore. And he saw that they were having to work hard at rowing because the wind was against them. And he came to them about the fourth watch at night, walking on the sea. And he intended to go past them, but they saw him walking by on, on the sea and thought it was an apparition. And they yelled out, all of them saw him, and they were scared stiff. And all at once he spoke to them, and he said, cheer up, it is me, do not be afraid. And he came to them and got into the boat, and the wind stopped. Come on, somebody. When Jesus is in your boat, when he's in your vessel, that wind stops. But it says that they were overwhelmed and astonished. And here it is, a verse that many of us have never really grabbed onto, probably never even really noticed before. But here's what it says, verse 52. They hadn't understood the loaves because their heart was hardened. I want to talk to us for a few minutes today about when we go through the storms, and we will go through some storms. We are going to face some challenges. It's life. But if we allow that storm to frame a picture that hardens our heart, we're going to miss the movement of God the Holy Spirit, the miraculous in that moment. And I want to talk to us about understanding the miracle of the loaves. Heavenly Father, today over the next few minutes, I pray as we dive into this word, for those that hear this this morning, for those who are watching on live stream, I pray, Lord, that you stir our hearts, Lord, that we grasp who you are, that we get a new revelation today of who you are and the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. Heavenly Father, we ask that we make room for this word today in our hearts. In your name I pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Some today are either in a storm, some today are going into a storm, or some of you are just leaving the storm. It doesn't matter what portion of the storm you're in. I believe that within every storm, God has an invitation for us somewhere in that storm to get a new revelation of who he is. The only way that God can expand the vision of who he is in our lives is to put us through something so we can see how good and how great that he is. But often when we go through the storms of life, we frame this picture 
We frame this picture and that's all we look at is the picture of the lightning and the clouds and the gloominess. And, and when we look at storms wrongly, we allow that to cripple our walk with Christ and we allow it to, to, to cripple how we communicate. We allow it to cripple how much time we really spend with God and, and it begins to change how we view things and our perspective becomes diluted and, and we feel that overwhelmingness and we, we feel the pressures of what's going on and in, not in any of those moments are we stopping to invite Jesus on the boat. It's about how we frame our challenges. If we don't frame the challenges that we go through properly, we will have hardened hearts. If I were to ask many of you this morning about how you're doing, many of you would frame the picture that you feel a little heavy this morning. I'm not talking about after Thanksgiving, bless God. Many would frame the picture of that you feel like you're at the end of yourself. Many of you would frame this picture that you feel exhausted, empty, tired. Where's God? Many of us would frame the picture, even with our words, and say, I feel like I'm just going crazy. Many would say, I'm at the end of my rope. Many of us have already said, I'm just losing my mind, help me somebody. And before we dive into this disciple storm, I want us to glance at David in Psalms because David in the Bible frames a picture of these feelings that we often feel. And if you're experiencing some of this today, this message is for you. It's going to help us today. And in Psalm 69, David, in verse number one and two, begins to frame exactly what we feel when we go through a storm. He says in verse one, save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold, for I am in deep water, and the floods overwhelm me. He's framing a perspective that he feels like he is about to drown. He's framing this picture that he is so overwhelmed that he begins to lose his footing. Can anybody relate this morning? He continues to frame this perspective in Psalms 55, verse number 2 and verse number 5. He says, please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. Fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking. He's framing this picture that we're stuck within our own thoughts, and we don't have people speaking into our lives, and he's feeling distraught, and he's trembling with fear. In Psalm 69, verse 3, he goes on to frame a picture that's not really accurate, but he says, I'm exhausted from crying for help, for my throat is parched, my eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help me. You see, when we go through storms, we begin to magnify how we feel rather than what the Word says that we can experience. Our reality should be the Word of God, the promises over our lives, not the storm that we're magnifying. Because whatever you magnify, whatever thing you put and think and dwell on is the dominant image that you will always drive after. 
I'm here to submit to you to reframe that image. Reframe that image. It's about the loaves. Psalm 69, in verse number 12, it says, for I'm the favorite topic of the town gossip. Hello, somebody. <laughs> and all the drunks sing about me. How bad is your mindset when you feel that the city town drunk are singing songs and making them up about you? It says that their insults have broken my heart and I am in despair. It is if there's only one person that would show some pity. If only one would turn and comfort me. He frames this picture that no one else understands. Everyone seems to be talking about me. Am I, am I in the right house today? We allow our minds to begin to paint pictures that are really not accurate as if you are the center of everybody's attention. But these are the things that we wore in our mind and we believe them and it begins to affect how we connect, how we talk, how we share, how we spend time with our family, how we spend time with our kids. Hello, somebody. Because it's a domino effect. When we focus on the storm, everybody in that house knows that you're focusing on the wrong thing right now. I'm exhausted, he says, crying for help. My throat is parched. He talks about the gossip, the insults. It's at this point, in this frame of mind, that many of us make the wrong decision. And then we begin to think the grass is greener in everybody else's life. And we begin to compare ourselves with others. That's why the Bible says, he who is wise will not compare himself to others. Look what David does in Psalms. He begins to compare in chapter 73, in verse 3. He says, for I begin to envy the proud when I saw them prosper despite of their wickedness. For they seem to live a painless life. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Here it is. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? We're all going to go through storms. But those storms are opportunities to see the Holy Spirit move. But when we get fixed and when we frame a storm, we begin to see everything through the wrong lens. But if we were to reframe what we see based on God's Word, it's going to change how we think. Hear me now. Because it's about restoring your perspective. Free framing is when we decide that we won't hang out or hang on 
to the old perceptions that have worked against us in the past. Hear me now, our storm is not the enemy. Matter of fact, your storm doesn't define you. What defines you is what the Creator called you. But we allow the seasons to define us. But those obstacles don't define us. What defines us is when we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our situation and make everything change. Can I tell you that when Jesus enters, everything changes. David had to reframe. He went from not finding a foothold, feeling like he was going to drown, feeling like no one was going to listen, feeling like he was overwhelmed, feeling like he was exhausted, feeling like he was just crying all the time and weeping, feeling like he was always being talked about, feeling like everybody was insulting him, feeling like he was in so much despair, feeling like, oh, everybody's got a better life than me, their kids don't even have to wear braces, and everybody's getting blessed, and all of a sudden they don't have troubles, and he begins to question, what am I doing this for? Kind of like the disciples in verse number 52 where they didn't understand the miracle of what took place and allowed their hearts to be hardened. It's about reframing our perspective. David had to do it. I love this. Psalm 69. Let's look at the transition that David made. Psalm 69, verse number 13 through 16. It says, David, but I kept praying to you, O Lord, hoping this time that you're going to show me favor in your unfailing love, O God. Answer my prayer with your salvation. Rescue me from the mud. Don't let me sink any deeper. Save me from those who hate me and pull me up from the deep waters. Don't let the floods overwhelm me or the deep waters swallow me or the pit of death devour me. Answer my prayer, O Lord, for your unfailing love is wonderful. Take care of me for your mercy is plentiful. Do you see a reframing that took place? He's no longer complaining about what he feels. He begins to pray about what he needs God to do. If you want to reframe your situation, you have to pray. Number one, but David prayed. It's an overwhelming thing when we go through these things. But when you begin to declare the truth through prayer, you understand that prayer will begin to work. Come on. Prayer will change things. Come on, somebody. More important, prayer will change you. Prayer will change you. We're always praying to change everything else, but prayer is going to change how you see things. Prayer changes things. To reframe your heart on God, it takes prayer. That's why David began to say in Psalms 55, verse 16, but I will call on God. The Lord will rescue me morning, noon, and night. Come on. I will cry out in distress, but the Lord will hear my voice. I'm here to remind you that the Lord God will always answer if you call on his name. Hallelujah. Psalm 69 goes on in verse 30. 
It says, then I will praise God's name with singing, and I will honor him with thanksgiving. Number two is, but I praise God with thanksgiving. You want to reframe your situation? Number one, pray. Number two, begin to praise God with thanksgiving. Listen, everybody, you can either worry or you can worship. Come on. You can either worry or you can worship. You can reframe by thinking of how good God is. You see, studies reveal that we have 500 thoughts that are negative every day. These 500 thoughts that go through the space between our ears, they last about 14 seconds long, which adds up to about two hours of being bombarded with things that are opposite than what Christ has called you to be. And we allow those to bombard our perspective but something happens when we begin to praise and thank God. Something happens in spite of all of those thoughts when we begin to show God's presence some gratitude. Listen, it's about thanksgiving and gratitude. It's about praise. Can I tell you what gratitude is? Gratitude means that what you have right now is enough. What we have right now in the middle of any, any obstacle is enough. Come on. He is more than enough. He is El Shaddai. He is the provider. He is the one that is more than enough. And when you get in the boat and you face a storm, you got to remember the loaves because of the loaves was a picture of more than enough. Come on, somebody. Are you getting anything today? I'm preaching to myself today. Even though we might not understand everything that we go through, I want to remind you that God is still in control. It didn't catch God off guard. All you have to do is reframe. Look at Psalm 73, verse 17. I'm about to get happy here. It says in Psalm 73, it says, When the day I was brought into the sanctuaries of God and in the light of glory, my distorted perspective vanished. Come on. When I get in the presence of God, my distorted perspective, no matter what I'm going through, vanishes. Come on. When I pray, when I give him thanks, when I'm grateful, when I get into his presence, something changes. The scripture shows the power of reframing. One moment in God's presence can bring a peace and a calming over your life and fear has to go. Amen. Psalm 73 says it this way in verse 26. Lord, so many times I fail. I can relate. I fall into disgrace. I can relate. But when I trust in you, 
I have a strong and glorious presence protecting me and anointing me. Come on. I don't know if you've ever read that, but I know that I'm going to mess up. I know that I'm going to go through some trials. I know that I'm going to have opportunities that are going to teach me, but when I go through them and put my trust in him because I'm praying and I'm worshiping and I'm giving him gratitude and I'm giving him thanksgiving, I'm putting my trust in him. It says I got a force field of God's presence that is around me and he anoints me to walk through any storm that I can go through all because he has allowed me to have his Holy Spirit in us and we can begin to reframe any perspective by the power of his word. It says, but I keep coming closer and closer and closer. Lord Yahweh, for your name is good to me. I'll keep telling the world of your awesome works in my faithful and glorious God. He has totally reframed everything that he was talking about. He has reframed. Let, let, let me give you an example. Come on and help me real quick. I, I was spray painting this out in my yard, and it's just a real quick example. And, and Sarah ran by me yesterday, and she was like, what in the world are you doing? And I'm like, I just... And, and, and this, is, this is the example. This is what happened. When we go through the storm, we don't know that there's a bigger picture involved. But we zone in just on the negative. But when we reframe, we shift over to the goodness of God because there is always beauty in the middle of a storm. There's always an opportunity to overcome if we refocus what God has put in our hearts. Thank you very much. I put my trust back in God. It is so good to be near to the Lord. For he is strength to my heart. I shared this yesterday. Yesterday I said my experience, whether it's good or bad, my experience with his presence is more than enough. Hear me, because I can go through a lot of stuff, and you can, but if we can just get into his presence, his presence is enough to renew us. Psalms 55, verse number 22. So here's what I've learned through it all. Everybody say, through it all. Do you remember that song? If you were back in the 70s, it was through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. Come on, that, that dates some of us right there. But through it all, I've learned, the Bible says. He learned through it all, to leave all your cares and anxiety at the feet of the Lord. And his measureless grace will strengthen you. Fourthly, God sustains us. But God, I prayed. But God, I praised and gave you thanksgiving and gratitude. But God, I put my trust in you. And now, but God, you are sustaining me. It's a picture of now we're reframed. We are beginning to say the right things. We are beginning to see who God is. We're beginning to see the revelation of who Christ is and the Holy Spirit into our situation. 
So now flip with me back to Mark chapter 6. In Mark chapter 6, it says in verse number 52 that they hadn't understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. Hmm. Yeah, I'm talking to people that have been in walking with Christ for a while. I'm talking about people who, 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 who know Jesus. I'm not just talking about people who don't know Jesus. I'm, I'm talking about those who have a relationship. We allow ourselves to go through storms and we allow that to harden our hearts because we really don't understand who God is. And I'm here to remind us that we get to see through every storm a vision of greatness of who Christ is in our lives if we refocus and reframe. You see, a great miracle just took place earlier in that chapter. A miracle took place, and they get into a boat, they go into the night, and they get into a storm. The disciples were exhausted. The Bible says that it's about the fourth watch. Roman time says that's between 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Look at the picture. They just left a hillside where they fed up to 15,000 people. You've got the disciples that were given in ministry, doing everything they could, having multiple services on a Sunday. And they were exhausted. They were tired. They were trying to figure out how to do this, and they were tired. And then, and then Jesus, after the miracle, says, I'm going to pray. You guys get on a boat. And they're like, what in the world? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And now they hit a storm while they're on the boat, and, and Jesus is praying, and, and they're on the boat. And, and they just experienced a great miracle, but they weren't thinking about the miracle because they didn't understand what just took place. And they're on this boat, and they're fishermen. They lived most of their lives on the water. They were experienced with water. But all of a sudden, something changed after this miracle took place, and they allowed the storm to overtake them and change the perspective of what they just encountered. Hmm. They weren't praying, they weren't praising, they weren't trusting. They were trying to fight the storm on their own. When you try to fight the storm on your own, it's like fighting Godzilla with a flyswatter. You ain't going to do very well fighting the storm without the Holy Spirit. They're not getting anywhere. They're experienced. They're terrified. It's the biggest storm they've ever faced. Jesus then sees this and begins to walk towards them on the very thing that's causing them to have fear and overwhelming feelings. Hmm. And he says, I am. It's the only time where we see Jesus starts, Jesus starts saying, I am. In the Old Testament, Moses got to see it where he said, I am the I am. And Moses said, what? Where are you, God? No, no, no. I am the I am. He begins to give them a revelation of who he is in the middle of the storm. Notice that when he got into that boat, he didn't even have to speak to this storm. The storm respected him so much when he said, I am, that it just stopped storming. Hmm. 
Who's in your boat? Hmm. He climbs into the boat and the storm ceases. And they remember Job chapter 9, verse 8, that says, God alone is the one who stretches out the heavens and marches on the waves of the sea. Get me now. They just experienced the miraculous with the feeding of up to 15,000. You know the story. A couple of loaves, some fishes. They were frustrated. They wanted Jesus to send the multitude away. They were stressed out, overwhelmed, exhausted, kind of what David was going through. And all of a sudden, they get on this boat, and they begin to look at the storm the wrong way. Now, what's interesting about this is that this took place two times in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. There, there was two feedings a couple chapters later. What, what, what was that? I, I, I've learned to trust in Jesus? Hmm. They didn't understand what they just went through, but two chapters later in Mark, they get into the same Sea of Galilee in a boat to go to a different destination one had a storm, one didn't, because Jesus went with them in one boat, and they complained and groveled until they got Jesus to get into their boats on the first storm. Are you hearing me? It's so important to know that when you go through life's situations, to remember, he is the one we go to first. Why is it that he is the last one we go to? Why is it when he is so good, so amazing, so loving? Because we begin to harden our hearts to the point and we allow the enemy to cloud our thoughts and distract us. And I'm here to tell you that we have to go into this new year looking at the one that's in the boat. We've got to remember the loaves of what took place, this miracle. Going through a storm, their hearts were hard. They didn't understand it. Well, what in the world is this thing that they didn't understand? I'm glad you asked. The thing that they didn't understand was that God can sustain them and they didn't understand the vision of who Jesus was. If you can get a glimpse of who Jesus is, it's going to change everything. If you get a vision of who he is, everything changes. Hear me, because it happened twice in the Bible, right? There was the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. We all know this, yes? It's the only miracle that we see duplicated, spelled out in the Bible to this degree. And all of a sudden, this first time, they didn't understand the miracle of the loaves. What is the miracle of the loaves? That it doesn't take but a few ingredients for Jesus 
to become more than enough in your situation. Before this, all they had to hear about was in the Old Testament where they got manna daily. Right? In the Old Testament, they got to experience just enough. Right? But now, they're not hearing about it. Believe it or not, they're seeing it. And it's not just enough. It's more than enough. What's crazy about this whole situation is that they were passing out more than enough from nothing. And they didn't understand the miracle of the loaves that he is more than enough even though they were passing it out. And when you don't understand and get a vision of who he is, you're going to harden your heart and think, God, where are you? When Jesus says, I'm right here in your boat. Come on, somebody. Get a vision of who he is. When we go through life crisis, we're going to go through them. Are you going to remember that he's more than enough? Are we going to remember that he can create everything out of nothing? Or do you really not trust that? We have to get some disciplines in our life because storms are going to come and blow in and blow out but these disciplines of praying of worshiping and praising of trusting of putting remembrance what God has done in the past and knowing that he's going to sustain you these are spiritual practices that we can face any storm and reframe the situation and we won't walk around with a victim mentality we're going to walk around with I am more than a conqueror because the world is watching you my phrase for this year was be the Bible that people will only ever read be that one I remembered the loaves. It was Job who said, I used to hear about you, but now I see you. You want to know how you see the loaves? Go through a storm and look for Jesus. Let's stand to our feet, and I'm going to have the worship team join me. I want to get real with us for a minute. Because I believe, I believe that there's a domino effect that happens. When we go through things as families, our kids see how we respond as parents. Our family members see how we go through storms. In storms and trials, in crisis, they're not easy. But when we begin to renew our mind and reframe, it begins to change. 
I can honestly tell you today, the stuff that I have gone through really did not outweigh the presence of God in my life. We've all got a story. We've all experienced hardship. We've all even responded like David responded with, God, where are you? But there's something powerful when you make that transition and you look and you change your speech. When you begin to get a picture of how good God is and you begin to get thankfulness and gratitude in your heart, it changes your facial features. You can't help but smile about how good God is. Some of you need to think of that right now. <laughs> Remember the miracle of the loaves. When you go through something, make sure that you remember this miracle because it puts him in the boat immediately. And there's a difference between reframing that picture and preframing the picture, which means that we can get such a relationship with God that before the storm even enters into my life, I've already got a perspective and settled it in my heart that no matter what I go through, He will never leave me. He won't forsake me. I believe that when I begin to trust that I get this, this anointing that God puts on us and He gives us this this armor that is impenetrable and the enemy can come after me all he wants but I'm in the shelter of the Most High and, and when we're under the shadow of that shelter the enemy doesn't see my shadow it sees the shadow of El Shaddai and all I gotta do is just soak in the goodness of God Right now, everybody heads bowed in the name of Jesus. We just pray these next few minutes. I pray, Lord, that you will soften any heart, Lord. Lord, that you will make yourself known to them right now and stir our spirits. Heavenly Father, for those who are going through such a trial, for those who are going through such a struggle, for those who can't see past today, Lord, today was for them. I pray, Lord, that you will ignite a fire in their heart, Lord, that they will be able to see who you are and get a vision of how great and good you are. Soften our hearts, Heavenly Father. Right now, if this message is for you, with every head bowed, I just want you to lift your hands right now. If this was for you today, and you say, Jason, I'm right there with you. I need my heart to be softened. I need to refocus. I need to reframe. If that's you, just, just put your hands up for a second. Just put them up right now. There's hands all over this room. Listen, we can't go through this stuff alone. We can't go through this stuff alone. 
I'm going to have the altar ministries. If you, if ministers, if you would just come and join me real quick as we get ready to close. Right now, if you listed, lifted your hands, I want you to take a few moments and I want you to reframe. I want you to come up and I want you to pray with these people. These people are going to agree with you. The Bible says when two or three agree, God is there. And we can say unto those mountains, be thou removed and cast them into the sea. Today, this is for some who needs to get a new perspective. This is for those who need to reframe what's going on in your life. God is in control. He's compassionate. He loves you. He is making this opportunity for you right now. Because when Jesus walks in the room, everything changes.